I get to work with incredibly talented individuals and I get to learn from them. And I didn't have that opportunity to learn growing up and talk to other filmmakers. And I think every day being able to get up and work with filmmakers and meet them, whether I've known them for my whole time here or whether Mm -hmm. I'm meeting them for the first time, it's always my goal is to continue learning. And it's also to, I love being able to bring someone's vision to life Mm -hmm. through what I can do through logistics. And even if that's just like an Excel spreadsheet, (laughs) it's- But it's a gorgeous Excel spreadsheet. Oh, damn right it is. (laughs) But like, if that, you know, they have such an awesome dream and if they have that passion behind it, that's contagious. My name is West Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with producer Reagan Levan. We discussed her philosophies on the role of producer, how she manages a wide array of content, and what she hopes to achieve as the first official producer at Tungsten. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 75 of the Tungsten Originals podcast. Reagan, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. This is an exciting time to have you on. You are one of the only, you're the only episode that I recorded and never aired, <laughs> which is a great way. So fingers crossed for this one. Right. This is a great way to start off this podcast. Basically, I interviewed you like two weeks before COVID happened. Yep. And we were in like, Pink was about to happen, or Pink had just happened or something. Pink yes. was a short that I helped out on. Uh, Blueberries was right around the corner and school was getting crazy. And then COVID happened and I just never got, a la- got around to releasing it. And uh, it's all your fault. That's fair. So I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> so just don't do that again. <laughs> oh, my bad. Be really careful with this episode. Who yeah. knows what will <laughs> trigger yeah. for the next year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is exciting. You are a producer at Tungsten. You are the producer of Blueberries and also the maker of many other great things. Uh, we've become close friends. So I'm glad I'm interviewing this time because I feel like a lot of exciting things have happened since, obviously. Uh, the unaired, the great unaired <laughs> episode. Um, and we're together. This is being properly filmed by our lovely DP, Joe, who's just off camera. Hi, Thank Joe. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we're in town, in my hometown, to prep for uh, to prep for blueberries. And uh, this is the first time we've been together since you became an official member at Tungsten. So, and I um, think since COVID. Right, oh, yeah, true. So this is the first time we're seeing each other. In, in over, over a, year. a year, like yeah, it's crazy. So, let's uh, let's not see each other again for a year. Yeah, that's fine. I think. We yeah, I think that'd be that, healthy. Keep, keep that <laughs> repetition going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have you know learned a lot about you over these projects, over all of our tungsten conversations. But I want to dive into like how you became a filmmaker, um, because you're such a talented producer and work on some really great stuff. Oh, shucks. Um, that is like really out of my realm. So. You know, I, I, I've heard a little bit, but I want to dive in. How did you become a filmmaker in Kissimmee, Florida? Yeah, I think there's if there's one thing people should know about me in my personal life, it's that I am a very indecisive person <laughs> to the max. Never go to get food with me ever because we will spend an hour and a half trying to figure it out. Yeah. 
but the one thing it's I... It's perfect for whenever we go to dinner in 30 minutes after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's why Joe's picking. Okay, great. But if there's one thing I have, like, been decisive about in my life, it's that since the age of nine, I've wanted to be a filmmaker. Mm. And that is the one thing that I've, like... You've known. Known. And I didn't always act on it, per se. Right. Um, I majored, you know, I got my uh, degree and I did some time, you know... Thought I was going to be a horticulturist. You did an associate's degree, yeah. I did in um, high At school. where? I forget the uh, name. Valencia College right. in Orlando, um, which was a community college at the time. But, okay. you know, I strayed and thought about I that I'd do other things. Mm. And kind of the reason for that is, you know, started filmmaking at the age of nine. And I would make short films on the weekends with, you know, my friends in the neighborhood and none of them were interested in film, yeah. but we all hung out, you know what I right. mean? And it's small town, what else are we going to do? Mm. So we'd run around in the woods and I'd write scripts and they'd act in it and I'd film it and edit it. And then we'd have premieres in the backyard and everyone yeah. would clap and it would be, you know, what, all that. What, I mean, that's the cycle. That's, that's, that's it. And that was so like addicting at that age to just right. do that. And it still is, but you know, right. and we'd do that and we'd have my pet duck uh puddle duck in it and shout out puddle shout duck. out to puddle duck um and that's how i got into it and yeah but there weren't a lot of resources you know at school or you know i had a film production class in high school that that is i've interviewed a lot of people and so many people say that they started in like their <laughs> av class and i'm like where was my class I never mine had only those. lasted a year before right. funding you know shut uh, it down dang. and it was you know, the arts as much as, you know, Orlando and Kissimmee, they're huge on arts, you know, which right. is awesome. But just at the time, it was something they couldn't fund. So I didn't right. have that creative outlet. I had a couple of friends in high school, uh, shout out to the guys with ties, who, you know, <laughs> we'd do, you know, make little videos for their church and things like that, yeah. or just on the side. But there was no real, you know, I didn't think that was a career I could right. actually go into. Right. Because they're just... Wasn't anyone I knew that yeah. was doing it on a bigger level. Um, so whenever you you, yeah. you did your associate's degree, so you're doing that degree. That's a, a two-year degree, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're doing that, are you just in your head like, oh, well, I mean, I'll just continue to make stuff on my own. Why did you go to SCAD for film school and like make that pivot of like, okay, it can be a career? Because right. that's, a that's I, I again, I, I asked that question to like everybody. And that's the... <laughs> the domino effect, the d deciding factor to go from, we all start off, this is fun. Right. It's a really fun thing to do with your friends. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to commit my life to this. Right. That's and a big that, decision. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I'm, I'm a planner. I've been stressed out about my career since fifth grade. And <laughs> I'm going to be when I grow up. Nice. Um, so I started my associates in high school and then, mm. um, I extended my time doing that a little bit because, yeah. you know, it's a, theoretically a two-year degree and i was still like oh, i don't know what i want to do or if i want to commit to film and actually make that jump because yeah. you know i grew up in central florida so my options were okay i could maybe go down south and go to miami or right. i could you know go to try to apply for fsu or you know whatever right. and i just didn't know where to start and that was the most frustrating part because i didn't have people that I could consult about these things. Mm -hmm. um, and if I went, people would be like, oh, you're making little movies, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. So um, I had a college night at, you know, I think my final semester or something around at that Valencia. time. At Valencia. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, at, close to the end school, at Valencia yeah. Yeah. Um, after I graduated high school. And so I was like, oh, I guess I should get serious about figuring out what I want right. to do with my life. And so I went to college night and there weren't a lot of schools that were, you know, there for film. Right. And so I finally was just giving up and I was going to leave for the night. And I ran into this woman who was so sweet and she gave me this thick The book. SCAD book? She gave me the yeah. 2015, 2016, whatever, SCAD catalog. Yeah. And I took it to be polite. <laughs> I can imagine the cover of that book. It was like I probably blue, have three yeah. copies of those. <laughs> it's huge. I think I still have it at home. But yeah. that's I went home that night and I threw it down because I was like, this is huge. This is yeah. overwhelming. I'm gonna take a nap. And then a few weeks later I was cleaning out my room and I tripped over this book. And I finally was like, Oh, I'm gonna look through this. And that's how I was introduced to SCAD. And I, you know looking at other film schools and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I personally felt that I would get the most opportunity for me in film and have the best chance to get into a degree and not, you know, just get a cinema studies or work right. at my no local news station, which are still awesome options. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. And I wanted to get out of my hometown and have big dreams of going to Hollywood or, you know, whatever. Right. So and that's why I went. Yeah, here we are right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Welcome to Hollywood. So that was just my personal path, yeah. kind of making my way to SCAD. And then yeah. now I'm at my final quarter and it flew yeah. by like nothing. <laughs> Again, we, we just recorded the episode of uh, myself, Reagan, and Joe talking about Tungsten and everything. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should check it out. But uh, as we said, you graduate in two weeks, like two weeks from Friday. And it's Tuesday. I had that realization because yeah. it's... My final quarter at SCAD has just been, I mean, every quarter at SCAD has just been go, go, go. But yeah. especially this last quarter, there's been a lot more than usual, which for those people that know me are probably like, shocker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's been a lot. And I'm currently, you know, a part-time student. I'm working on a feature in town in the production right. office. I'm, Is that your first feature gig? Yeah. Which is exciting. Uh, that's yeah, huge. No, it's like, very that's cool. That's incredible. Um, so doing that and then doing, of course, you know, other projects, school projects and personal projects on top of that. So it's flown by and it finally just yeah. occurred like yesterday. Right. I think you had mentioned. I think like, it was when you were doing storyboarding homework last night. I was night. doing storyboarding homework and you were like, cool. at the calendar and I was like, oh. You're not going to have to worry about this soon. And I think that was that, oh my God, yeah. situation of yeah. like. It's over. Like you blinked nothing. And now here you are. I blinked and now it's over. Yeah. Which and I just it's turned twenty four, so it's been like Sure did. A lot of weird. a lot of big life things. <laughs> a lot happening. of reflection this week. Yeah. Coming to Mississippi does that to people, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the audience. This is our first episode with the studio audience. The studio audience of Joe agrees. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> this is why you should check out the video version, folks. Um well yeah, I mean, it has been I, I feel like you are you're part of so many projects. I'm like still learning about the stuff that you're on just because we we met at Reconnection, right? Well, I mean, we met at your kitchen that one time. We met through when mutual, I, yeah, friends. Mutual but friends. I think that was the first time we started talking to people, right? Yeah. So there's this. Uh, it pre premieres tomorrow. Reconnection. Also, I'll wild. put a link to that in the description. Shout out to Seth Cunningham. Yeah, congrats, the, Seth. Yeah, the creator of that. Uh, it was a, a web series, proof of concept kind of web series, mm -hmm. and uh, we both acted in it in episode two. And uh, I was like a minor character, and you were playing a monster. As always, it was a horror yeah. short. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we talked a lot about it 
talked a lot then and got to really know each other. But I have always been so impressed with like how much stuff you're working on. You know oh what I mean? Gosh. Because it is a, like you, it's traditional, quote unquote, traditional dramas like blueberries and then there's animation stuff and then like just it's it covers a wide gamut documentaries and all that kind of things so whenever you came to scad were you like okay i want to be a producer because i i had the similar making things with my small town Mm -hmm. friends and i feel like most people when that's their story they go the director route because like you you have to produce it because no one else knows what they're doing and so you have to be the person to wear all the hats. But then, at least for me, I guess I'm speaking for myself, I get to scan and I'm like, cool, I only want to direct. I don't want to worry about as much as the, the logistics side. Mm-hmm. So, like, what interested you about going specifically the producer track? Because that yeah. is just a, it's just very different, obviously, from being a writer and director. Right. So when I came here, um, especially growing up, I always thought I'd be an editor. And when I came to SCAD, that was my original track. I was like, I'm here oh, to wow. edit. But I also was torn because I've always been, as my mom says, a pretty ambitious child. And there's right. just too many things that I'm like passionate about that I was like, how do I get to work in all of these things as an editor? Yeah. And that was something I was dealing with my first quarter. And then during my first quarter, someone in my Film 100 class needed a producer for their class project. Mm. And no one else volunteered. And I didn't know why. And I was like... You quickly learned why. <laughs> yeah, I was like, producing. Come on, get out of here. I can I can produce. And I did. And it yeah. went horrible. <laughs> like, absolutely. I think people that were on that shoot that I didn't even realize until like this last year and a half that were on the shoot. One of my best friends and now my roommate, Talissa, was on that shoot. And oh, I did really? Not, it did not click. Wow. She, yeah. That's funny. And it went bad. Yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome because I can laugh at that, you know? And yeah, exactly. from there, word got out that I produced things. Right. And no one, not a lot of people in my class that had entered, and I was a transfer, so it was funky, were producing. Oh, yeah. So um, my good friend, Satyan. Hi, Satyan. You know, we didn't really know each other at the time, but his roommate is the one that I had produced the thing for. Okay. And so Satyan was, knew a lot of people and was yeah. a well-established producer. It's like, oh, you're a producer? Perfect. Awesome. And yeah. just start connecting me with projects. Right. And that from there, you know, I just kept getting producing gigs, but it also really introduced me to like, I've always loved logistics and spreadsheets and, you know, organizing and being a part, even though sometimes I didn't feel as creative as other people, I still love being creative and I can contribute to right. projects creatively through those logistics. So it's a beautiful blend that works right. really well for me. And it's something that like, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't be up. Yeah. <laughs> be, I mean, you be wouldn't up. be in Mississippi, I wouldn't not right? sleep. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah exactly. Um, might be healthier for you if right, you be, did not yeah. want to be a producer. <laughs> um, so you, you do your Film 100 thing. Yeah. And then like, what is, is there a project at SCAD that, is kind of like a tentpole project for you because recon- directing episode three reconnection for me was a mm-hmm. big deal. Biggest set I've, I'd ever directed. There's like 30 people on set or something. Like that was the biggest project I directed. Obviously 38 is like a big tentpole because that was taking scat people to Mississippi. Right. And um, the first time directing something in Mississippi with a proper crew. But 
what are kind of those standout projects for you again because you've worked on so many things yeah so i think there's two answers to that and the first one being i my gut punch reaction is to say um this animated vr production i did um i was brought on to my second quarter here so i was a sophomore because i'm a transfer and things were wonky Right. And it was, yeah, this huge animated VR project that Satyan had brought me on. Mm. And this, I didn't know anything about VR, didn't know anything about the logistics of animation. And suddenly there's, I think, a hundred something people right. that it's like, cool, here you go. Yeah. And communicate and do and all this. And you're not, it's not like you're a, like you're the, you're a, like a producer. Right, exactly. <laughs> a, who you're up there. You're had the only produced now. this really, right. you know, the short film the quarter before and I fed everyone pizza, which right. is, you know, like, I guess a cardinal sin, but. Right. <laughs> well, everyone, oh, man, you yeah. all go through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rite um, of passage, I think. Is so going from like barely pulling it together on this set to suddenly, well, here's this huge project. Yeah. And I think that was the project that really taught me like, I can do it if I put my mind to it. Right. You know, and that really forced me to grow up and learn and yeah. do a lot of things. And I was on that project. I mean, it just... It was years, right? Like, it, it lasted for a long time. Right. As of last month, I think it finally, you <laughs> really? know, reached its end. Wow. You know, which is heartbreaking to watch a project that you've been right. on so long just, you know, come to an end. But mm -hmm. I think also, like, it was one of my favorite experiences here and really shaped me as a producer yeah. going into the rest of my time at SCAD. Yeah. Um, and I guess the second answer to that is that going into every project, I don't know if it's easy to say that there's one project mm -hmm. because I've been on so many, but also going into each project, I like to keep the idea of like, this is the most important project I've ever worked yeah. on. Because then if you're going into it with that mindset, it isn't just a job. Yeah. You know, it's just, okay, we'll get through this one and then we'll go on to the next one. It's mm -hmm. You want to put your all kind yeah. of into each project you go into. Um, so handling each project as if this is my big one. Right. With everything that you do really kind of keeps you from like. Picking getting in the, and Right. Like getting that. in that yeah. lull or like, oh, I'm just on this to build my right. portfolio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But in the same breath. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to juggling all that kind of stuff? Because <laughs> it's a I mean, you know, yeah. you're in school um trying to get a degree <laughs> right and uh, of course a lot of these projects are to get the degree like there's class right. projects or whatever yeah but i mean i know a couple weeks ago you f went down to miami for a documentary yeah we've been working on blueberries for over a year right uh <laughs> you know you have like this animation <laughs> this animated project and all this kind of stuff. So like what are what are some like tangible things you do to keep that organized? Because that's just a lot. And I know yeah. Google Google Drive is an answer to oh my gosh. Google, Google Drive, Drive is, is the back, such, a, the, such a blessing. Yeah, it's the backbone of the indie film industry. But um it's not a perfect system. And sometimes I goof and you gotta to admit to those, like, oh my bad. Wrote yeah. that meeting down for the wrong day. You yeah. know what I mean? It happens. But I think for me, I like to before, you know, I start a project, I like to sit down um, with the director and whoever and talk about their needs. We set up goals, deadlines. I like to have weekly meetings to make sure that right. I'm on top of the things that I need to do. Because um, it's and, also changing all the time. Right. Like 
new oh updates gosh, happen yeah. at midnight. And Especially with needs and deadlines yeah. and, you know, whatever. So making sure that I have a lot of, I mean, my Google calendar is stacked. It's terrifying, yeah, it but it's color-coded. <laughs> so it's, you know, definitely interesting to look at. But for me personally, it's list, uh, weekly meetings to make sure to, just to check in, yeah. see some faces, even if it's a quick phone call. Right. Just what do we need to do? Just those little things. Um, but especially with a lot of projects, you know, something that I've had to force myself to do and that's been hard for me, especially in the past, is really balancing how many projects I take on, even right. if that means sometimes saying no to projects that even though you really want to do, sometimes you just don't have the time for. Yeah. I'm glad you bring up saying no because you have to learn that the hard way I feel like I don't remember that being said in class like you shouldn't take that project because it's film school you need to or you should make as much stuff as possible you want to meet as many people as you can so naturally you're going to say yes to everything right especially like when you're trying to become a producer like you have to kind of prove yourself a little bit so that other directors and DPs and all that kind of stuff want to work with you as a producer. They have Mm -hmm. to know that you're not going to destroy the project (laughs) because a producer you can't. I mean, anyone can, but you know, you just have a lot of control. Mm -hmm. So now that you have been working for four years on a billion projects, it seems (laughs) (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. How do you know when to turn something down? Right. That always has not, that's not been easy for me, yeah. for sure, especially yeah. getting here and being thrown into, oh, well, you're a producer and being thrown into yeah. projects, you know, because at first it was, like you said, I need to prove myself. I need to right. build my portfolio for people to take me seriously. You know, I've got nothing under my belt and I want to learn more. And so, you know, I was on a lot of projects, mm-hmm. um, some great, some that didn't end up so great and learned a lot of lessons learned a lot from a lot of other producers which was awesome and then also learned a lot of hard lessons and it teaches you you know finding your people who do you want to work with who do i not want to work with who you know a lot about logistics um and moving forward like okay maybe this didn't work on this film but here's what i'll do better the next time and it's always every project it's bringing something new to the table like you don't want to get too settled in where you are and like what you do it's always striving to do better and to learn more yeah but at the same time you don't want to overload yourself mm-hmm. which someone's gonna text me and be like, i was just yeah, yeah like look who's talking <laughs> yeah right yeah look who's talking i know we're having like an intervention after this but <laughs> yeah exactly that was something that i did during my time at film school was yeah i was working on anywhere from three to ten projects in a 10 week span on top yeah. of being a student, a full-time student, you know, (laughs) and that, you know, it's like, it's both commendable, but also like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. No, I mean, like I look back now and I'm like, man, I like kicked ass, but also that was the dumbest like thing. And I wish I had taken more time to be a human and, you know, got more sleep and went out with my friends a lot more. Yeah, be a college student. Be a college student because now it's my last quarter and, you know, some people will be like, oh, remember like that one time at Sand Arts Festival or whatever. And I'm like... No. I was on set that weekend, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> so um, a lot of learning lessons, but you really have to set those boundaries, I think, whether that's because, you know, when you look at a project, the most important thing is to talk to um, whoever, whether they send you a script or you talk with a director directly and producers, see 
how much is going to be on your plate, what exactly they need. So there's no surprises like suddenly like, oh, we need this insane location, you know, right. Last second. Is this something that you can handle with your current workload? And is this something you can really give your time to and manage? Mm -hmm. And then do you have time to be a human (laughs) on top of that? So it's all your individual (laughs) needs. (laughs) Right. And I think there's nothing wrong with if someone pitches you a project saying, hey, can I look this over and get back to you in 48 hours? And I think that's something I really had to force myself to do my junior year was, you know, if someone pitched me something, not immediately say yes. Yeah. You know, it's, hey. Because it's like, yeah. you feel like you got to grab the opportunity. Right, you got to take yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. And I finally hit that point where I was like, I don't have to take every opportunity. Yeah. I'd rather, you know, and there was a point where I was just like, I'd rather work on a lot of things with people I really care about and friends I really care about than, you know, just take a project for the sake of taking a project. Yeah. Because you have to like the people as well. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, you're working so, it's not like a traditional nine to five it's all the time effectively right especially as students you know right. we don't get to go home at nine right. and you know turn our work phones off or whatever it's <laughs> yeah exactly you know i'll yeah. wake up and my phone will be <laughs> full of notifications of hey where's this can we do this can we meet later yeah um but i think learning those hard lessons and finally learning to say no to projects and really being choosy with what i do was the best decision i ever made because yeah. now I get to work with my favorite people every day on mm-hmm. some of the coolest projects that like I'm probably super obnoxious, but I'm that producer <laughs> now that's like, oh my God, did I tell you about my puppet film? Or like, <laughs> I did it to you and Joe today. You've done multiple puppet films. I've done <laughs> a little, little known secret. They all prepared me for this one, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. But even I think earlier I showed you and Joe like one of the animated projects I'm on. Yeah. I'm like, we got a compositing test and yeah, look at it, awesome. you know? Yeah. Because I'm super passionate about these projects and the people and what I do. So it's not even, it's not work. I wake up and I get to talk to my favorite people and make awesome things. And it's, this is what I've been waiting for, for four years. And I'm seriously in like one of the happiest places I've been in film school. (laughs) It reminds me of um, something my roommate senior year of high school, for those who don't know, I went to a boarding school last two years of school. And so we were in a dorm Mm -hmm. and so I had a roommate named Kobe. Shout out to Kobe. I'll never forget this. (laughs) I was like in a really low place, but Mm -hmm. I was making stuff and I was like, just like not in a good headspace. And he was like, well, you should like, he was basically like, well, you're doing what you want to do right now. And in a grand scale, not like yeah. in this moment, you you want to lay down and you want to lay down, but like you are achieving your dream in a way. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like it really did reset no, my perspective. Awesome. I don't think I've said that on the podcast, but it was really, it was really a powerful thing. Like even, mm-hmm. of course, that was pre-SCAD. So, I mean, like if only I would have known what I would be doing. Um, it is, I think, good to remember like we are filmmakers and we're making movies right. and that's really, really cool. But in the same breath, it is work still. No, <laughs> so 100%. that's why you have to learn to say no because, I mean, blueberries is, there's going to be a time in which the whole world is on fire with blueberries. I mean, I guess oh, yeah. we've have, we, have, we already had that happen yeah, with COVID. Really, yeah. <laughs> so, Couldn't control that though. For yeah, sure. exactly. Um, but, you know, you still have to like recognize that it, it takes a lot of time and effort to do all those things, especially in film school. You're not getting paid to do those things. Right. So, that balance is important. I'm also glad we're talking about this because I think this is applicable to every crew position, mm-hmm. like not just producers, because 
I know that, or at least I've heard a lot, someone reached out to someone to be like an AD or something. Yeah. And I've heard people say like, oh, I don't want to say no because they're a good friend and it's a good project and they really need someone, but I'm just so packed full of projects right. that if I say yes, I'm not going to be able to give them my full time. Mm-hmm. As a director who's like looking for crew members, I would much rather someone tell me, I love it. I'm so sorry I can't do it. Then two weeks in, be like, I've realized I can't do it. Right. No, 100%. <laughs> Which is, everyone has their reasons. Like, and, and things change, things come up. So, right. like, you know, people's schedules can obviously grow and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. evolve. But I, I think if you have that gut feeling of like, I just know I'm not going to be able to give my haul. It's, it's actually better for everybody to say yeah. no. Because then they can go find someone who, like, you know, regardless of skill or whatever, can give at the time. Mm-hmm. And that is the one asset we cannot buy more of. So that's, like, the most important thing. So I think that's just good in general. Like, if you, yeah. if you can't, like, film takes a lot, even if you're just a, I shouldn't say just a, but even if you're a below-the-line position, like a grip or someone on cam team or a script supervisor or whatever, there's still a lot of work that yeah. comes in with those people. Um, and it's just uh, it's just better for all parties if if you're upfront about that. Or if you're upfront yeah. and saying yes, but like, yes, I can do it, but just so you know, I have all this stuff. Like just yeah. two days, like last night, I think, we were having the conversation. Like, I know you have all these projects that are time sensitive because you're about to graduate. So like, yeah. how, how do we make our lives easier with blueberries? You know, right. I, I like, it's so important to just have the open communication, just be honest because if you can't do it, that's fine. But just tell me it's better in the <laughs> long run I mean? too, because yeah. there's no shame in that. And honestly, I yeah. respect people more who can come oh, to me 100%. and be like, Hey, I can't do this. And it's something right. I try to apply in my own life and either mm-hmm. say, you know, you have to be honest and upfront of like, hey, I can't do this right now, but can we do this or find that compromise? Yeah. Or, hey, um, there was something recently about just setting those boundaries and admitting when you're wrong or you need right. to like move something around because I'd rather have people over communicate than, yeah. you know. Or not. like, yeah, both saying, hey, I'm busy or like, hey, I'm, I'm going through a rough patch. And right. so like, that's a big that one. Can af- yeah, that can affect my communication because I, this is good because I'm I'm coming at this from a director perspective. <laughs> and so, you know, as a director, your whole job is to communicate to people. And so mm-hmm. that will change how I communicate with someone if I know that they're going through something, whatever it may be. Yeah. That I need to not walk on eggshells, but like gentler with them than right. I am with someone else. Like. Yeah, I just my my whole perspective is like just tell me. So and then and then yeah. and then we can all like then there's no misunderstandings, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. That communication is so so important. So yeah, yeah I totally agree. Um, so whenever you're like approaching a project or whenever someone comes to you with a project, obviously you have to like it and like the people, like mm-hmm. we said. But what is the like? foundation of a project that is needed for you to get hooked to it you know because again you're at the point now where you can say other things which is a good position to be in like we Mm -hmm. all want to get there yeah um but you're not just gonna take anything right (laughs) obviously even if it was like i could pitch you a project and if you don't like it you're not gonna take it you know Mm -hmm. um you should but no i'm kidding is that a a threat it's a a little bit (laughs) no um but you know like what does it need 
for you to to dedicate all of this time and all of this effort to, especially right. when you're not making any money. <laughs> no, 100%. And I think, I mean, for me personally, I work in a lot of mediums. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that is narrative film, commercial, animation. I, For me personally, it's I like to know who I'm working with ahead of time, even if it's someone new to me. Right. I like to meet them and yeah. see who they are and how they react to stressors or decisions yeah. you know can they make decisions in quick time can they will they be able to keep an open mind and if i say hey logistically we can't do this but here's a compromise how will they take that so i like to get to know people ahead of time before working with them if i don't know them yeah but also you know what's the story who are they working with are there values there that i share you know because if there's if there's a really great project being dangled in front of me but maybe someone working on the project isn't the greatest or maybe they're not treating their crew right. Or they right. have the wrong intentions with it. Right, or they yeah. maybe don't have exactly the right intentions with it. Um, I maybe in the past would have taken a project yeah. when I was still saying yes to everything and building my portfolio, but I'm really happy that I found the ability to set those boundaries and find my voice and say mm -hmm. no. And it's hard to say no, but, yeah. you know, because you don't ever want to seem like mean or like, no, we're not. We're right. gonna, get, you know, whatever. But it's necessary. Yeah. So I really like to, at this point in my life, really stick to my values mm -hmm. and who I am and what content do I want associated with me. And are they putting their people first? I'm glad you point out the content associated with you because word spreads. Yes, <laughs> you know it what does. I mean. Like in good yeah. and bad ways. Like if mm -hmm. if people see that you're working on really great stuff, then they're like, yeah. okay, well then you become an asset that can help them elevate their project mm -hmm. to a certain level, make it as good as they want to make it, which right. is of course what we all want to do. But <laughs> on the flip side of that, and this hasn't happened with you, but just word spreads. Like if you're just making stuff and it's like kind of scammy or just like makes your skin crawl a little bit, like, yeah. well then maybe she's not the right person for this job because mm -hmm. Of all that other kind of stuff. Again, not that, not that that hasn't happened with you. You wouldn't be sitting here if that had happened with you. I wouldn't have brought you to my home. Um, but it is important to like, you know, the company you keep right. certainly can show a lot about who you are 100%. as a filmmaker. And I think that's why it's important to keep, you know, once you find your people and sometimes that's yeah. not always the easiest thing. I know right. it wasn't easy for me for a while, but once I found my people yeah. who shared those same values and who shared those same, you know, for me personally, on sets, it's my people come first in the crew. Yeah. How are you treating all your crew? It's yeah. not just treat the producers and the director with the respect. It's every single person because they bring so much to the table and they have their own lives and they have, you know, they have skills that like I couldn't bring to the table. That's right. why we hired them. You know what I yeah. mean? And they deserve as much respect as a director, an executive producer, all that. Yeah. Even PAs, as much as you know, especially when especially like, PAs. yeah, it, especially like you, it's it's good to remind like we're all students, like, yeah. like yes, I'm the director of, of blueberries, but like, so I don't, I'm not flying in a private jet or need like the nicest car or whatever. Like we're all just people. We're all like right. we are on the same playing field, mm -hmm. you know, at this stage. And again, yeah, we're not. Like if you are paying people at our age at our, at our stage, like it's probably not the union industry rate for like a tier one show or whatever or the mm -hmm. top tier show, but most like you're not paying them. So like those those comforts need to be 
extra taken care of. Like make right. sure the food is really, really good. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. Something that they want to work on, that kind of stuff. Right, you know? and it, even you know, both on a student level, and I know we talked about this in the other podcast episode um, with you, Joe, and I talking about you know those values and those things that you set even as, you know, working as students or independent, you know, filmmakers and carrying them through, you know, setting those boundaries and a challenge for me is, you know, I'm really trying to ingrain my into myself as a student saying no, what projects do I want to work on? What values do I need to work on a project? And not even just holding other people to that standard, but holding myself to that same standard. Right. So even when I work you know, on the set I'm on now in town um, on the feature or right. in my career with the company that I'm going to work with in September or, you know, every internship, every freelance gig, it's, right. you know, still bringing those values because Even if on I, the big, right, on the big yeah. things, yeah. because if I didn't start now, it would be much more difficult for me. Oh yeah. You know, hundred percent to stand up for myself and stand up for my people. Yeah. And yeah. again, just the word spreads like yeah. the those decisions that we make now like do have ripple effects and mm -hmm. i think it also can like i know that there are people who i reach out to about blueberries and they're like oh reagan's producer okay i feel better you know what i mean oh, like goodness. that's like, <laughs> or they feel way worse no oh yeah they're like oh gross no <laughs> yeah but like you you want people to associate your name with like good experiences right. which is a duh thing to say but it's like it's very very true because we've all mm -hmm. worked on projects that the experience is terrible like the yeah. set experience is not good for whatever reason not to point any fingers but like things go wrong and you're not taking care of or whatever mm -hmm. and you're always going to remember that set for that <laughs> right. but i think people like on blueberries like my goal is i want people to come work on blueberries and like tell other people like oh that was such a cool experience mm -hmm. you know getting to go to the middle of nowhere mississippi and make something like that is it's that's important to me feeling. as a director and as a producer yeah it's the best feeling to hear from your crew that like they had fun and they felt taken care of yeah and i like to do that on set even you know as a producer i still like to be involved on set and i usually right. step into like a upm role and even if that's right. noting like hey, what's everyone's favorite like coffee order or piece yeah. of candy and just having that on hand or like, right. you know, it's going to be hot, bring popsicles. Because at the end of the day, things are always going to go wrong on set. Mm -hmm. But especially as a producer, you need to know how to handle those. But also my personal thing is how do I, how do I make my crew happy? What's that one yeah. thing I can do on an especially rough day that we can predict mm -hmm. that'll be a good pick me up and, you know, keep them Good, keep them going. Yeah, exactly. Especially since it is such long days and everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, for free as students. <laughs> yeah, ex again, I keep going back to that. But as someone who has now worked on one page job, I'm like, man, does that change the perspective? Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm working on SVU and like I'm getting paid, and I'm like, okay, well then you can do whatever because you're, pay <laughs> you're paying me. So, turns out being paid is important. Who? What? Would have thought? You want to um, get paid? <laughs> I, I want to take everyone back or I want to take everyone to the last week of the last on-ground quarter at SCAD oh. because that was a hell of a roller coaster for both of our film careers. Um, again, to catch everyone up to speed, uh, we were in winter quarter yes. at SCAD. The last week ended on March 12th, which was the day the earth stood still with COVID. Yeah. Like that was the day it actually 
boiled over, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are now living in a post-COVID, or during COVID world, I should say. So that was a crazy week, not even just because of that. The Sunday, we're, we're talking <laughs> about blueberries, by the way. This is my thesis film. Reagan is a producer, or was going to be my thesis film until COVID happened. And so that's what we're in town prepping for. Um, Sunday, our DP got a hairline fracture in her neck yeah. and could no longer be our DP. So Joe, who is our studio audience today, <laughs> went from being our <laughs> BTS vid- videographer to our gaffer to our DP in, I think, 72 hours. You get a, like a medal for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. And then Tuesday, the Mississippi State Department of Health shuts down every care facility in the state right uh and we're gonna film at my grandmother's assisted living facility right so tuesday we we find out that we lose our most important location and mm-hmm. our hardest to find location yeah and just oh, i'm trying to there's just so many things like it was just crazy 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 and then again like come wednesday and thursday we start realizing like oh covid is like a thing that's right. real and scary i remember professor sadwith my senior two professor pulling up a covid case counter on like the tv because uh my classmate lucy was mm-hmm. also going to film in mexico during right. spring break and we were having discussions about her with like okay if you get stuck out of the country what are you going to do mm-hmm. luckily she didn't shoot because that would have been really bad that was a roller coaster and a lot of people i feel like would not have come back to make this just because that was just an insurmountable mountain almost. And now we're a year later, COVID is still happening. So we have to figure out how to make a project like during COVID, we're both vaccinated, just everyone knows, <laughs> but during COVID and now uh, we've got like Joe and, and Seth, shout out to Seth, two of our crew members are out in LA. We got to transport them. You and a car full of people are coming from Savannah. I was in New York, mm-hmm. like, now we got a we've got providence again the assisted living facility which is a miracle Mm -hmm. you know i just i feel like a lot of people would have said that sounds like too much um what do you think that week taught you because i think we had a new plan every like three hours and that's not much of an exaggeration like especially when it got to like tuesday wednesday thursday Mm -hmm. well thursday was the day we canceled it so like monday tuesday wednesday because wednesday i think we had like the come to jesus meeting oh my gosh hamilton hall which was a building at scad which was like this was our go no go meeting are we gonna do it right and i remember vividly being at the front of the classroom and you had the new york times covid tracker up and you said mississippi just got its first case and like the room went silent for a second my heart stopped i think in that moment because that's you know, we when we talk about this, we bring up that memory a lot, but that is especially vivid of refreshing that New York Times page and yeah. suddenly the first red dot is on yeah. Mississippi. Because it's like it has it's it's made its way to Mississippi. Right. It's there now. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> again, having to to make those decisions and like i mean i was in class, I was in my distribution class mm. trying to figure out uh, the Providence thing. You know, what do you think that was the biggest lesson that you learned as a producer on that project? Yeah. Or on like that time? I think that time seriously is what shaped like this past year has been a huge year of growth and really teaching myself lessons and boundaries and to slow down and be cheesy with projects. It wasn't a perfect overnight process. But I think 
you know, as a filmmaker, especially as student filmmakers, you really have to remain open to being flexible and adaptable. But that was like the biggest <laughs> test of remaining flexible and adaptable because we tried our hardest because no one, we, we didn't had no know. Idea. Yeah, right. Exactly. We didn't know how intense this was going to be. Right. Or we sent to out, what scale it would be. Exactly. For reference, in the email that I sent out to everyone Thursday morning, March 12th, that was the like Blueberries is postponed. In the email I said, we plan to shoot within the month. Because we thought right. that's we we'll thought it was gonna be right like a two back. week thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was we'll be right had back. That, like, oh, yeah. it'll be two weeks exactly. and then we'll, you know, come back from it and we'll yeah. oh, two weeks, spring break, whatever. And that was definitely not the case, obviously. Yeah. But I think it was a huge learning lesson in being flexible and adaptable, but also in that time, I think the hardest thing we had to learn in that moment was just to let go. Yeah. And we did let go. Right. And then I, you know, we let go. We decided that morning not that we weren't going for the safety of our, you know, cast and crew. Right. We weren't going to go to Mississippi. And then I did absolutely nothing for six months. <laughs> Same. As I, you know, I'm yeah. sure most of the world did, but right. I did nothing and it was terrifying obviously but it was the first break i had in a long time from making films because at that point i physically could not do anything yeah on any of my films because they were they were all in limbo they were gone yeah you know yeah and it taught me a lot about when to learn to let go yeah and that nothing no project is permanent Mm mm-hmm you know, and that I needed to, that this was the first time in three years that I had stopped and taken yeah. time for myself. And it was that huge moment of, that was so unhealthy, <laughs> you know, looking back right. at the last three years. And that was when I had to have my own come to Jesus moment yeah, and be like, you can't keep doing this right, for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? In terms of like pushing yourself like this and not having those boundaries and not doing anything. So and I think going into that, you know, still being learning how to say no and be picky with projects is everything open back up a little bit mm. in our world and going back into projects and being back on set for the first time in the fall. It was kind of a crazy experience. Crazy. But yeah. it was, you know, it's been a lot of learning lessons. But I think if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I think quite too, literally you wouldn't be in Mississippi right now. I'm sorry, I got you off. No, yeah. (laughs) Seriously, and that's, you know, if it weren't for those, you know, those hard learning lessons in that week, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't be pickier with my projects. I wouldn't Mm. be working with some of the best people I know, and I wouldn't have come full circle at this point from where I was at nine, wishing, like, I wish every day I could wake up and make movies with my friends, you know, and I'm doing that. Yeah. And if I didn't have that you know that week of i think if i'm gray hell. in the next six we months it it'll hell. be yeah if i didn't have that hell week i wouldn't yeah have forced myself to reevaluate the way i approach my final year of film school so we've discussed why you started becoming a filmmaker right with puddle duck shout out <laughs> again to puddle duck you know working on every project under the sun and now managing that and like keeping keeping a little bit under wraps what you're saying yes and no to right you graduate in two weeks two weeks from friday (laughs) we're recording this on a tuesday when this comes out you'll be graduated so everyone say congratulations congrats future (laughs) me you did it yeah exactly (laughs) hopefully 
Oh, they didn't screw it up in two weeks. This is where I fall off the stage. Yeah. We can laugh about this in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and this fall, you're starting a quite impressive job oh, on the gosh. video team at Deloitte yes. up in DC. I am. Where are my Deloitte is, jacket? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deloitte merch and bio. <laughs> You know, we're, I feel like our peers are all at like a transitional stage yeah. right now from graduating to entering into the real world, quote unquote, um, and starting these jobs and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Whenever you like zoom out a little bit and get your head above water, which I hope you get a couple chances to do that. Thank you. What is the, <laughs> <laughs> what is the North Star that keeps you going? The thing that you're always striving for, the reason that you keep making things because it is stressful and it is a lot of work and mm -hmm. it can be unhealthy <laughs> yeah. and like you lose sleep and all that kind of stuff why do you keep going and that's why i didn't tell you the question before we started recording no that was best that you didn't that's <laughs> yeah. no that's a good one thank but you. like a doozy it's my favorite question to ask people no it's a fantastic question thank you yeah, of course. Keep that in quiet. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> um, so what keeps me going? I mean, from a young age, I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I didn't know if that would ever be possible, just based off of where I was. And I knew if I did this, I had to like give my all into it. And I know now, like going into it, I get to work with incredibly talented individuals and I get to learn from them and I didn't have that opportunity to learn growing up and talk to other filmmakers and I think every day being able to get up and work with filmmakers and meet them whether I've known them for my whole time here or whether mm -hmm. I'm meeting them for the first time it's always my goal is to continue learning and it's also to I love being able to bring someone's vision to life Mm -hmm. through what I can do through logistics. And even if that's just like an Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> it's But it's a gorgeous it Excel spreadsheet. Oh, damn right it is. <laughs> but like if that, you know, they have such an awesome dream and if they have that passion behind it, that's contagious. Right. And it, you know, at that point, once I sign on to a project, that's your baby. That's now my baby too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm going to do everything I can to fight tooth and nail to... Bring your vision to life however I can. Mm -hmm. And that being able to see their faces when things are coming together is the coolest. Even if it's just like, hey, locked to this location. Like, yeah. I mean, you awesome. saw me literally <laughs> after I had that phone call locking that location, I like ran into the kitchen and was like, we did it. <laughs> That's a step closer to bringing it to life. Yeah. And then you get to see their face when they actually get to watch it for the first time. Yeah. And that's what I strive for. But rounding back to education, because I didn't get to grow up learning about film and knowing that this was a thing and didn't learn that there were so many positions and jobs within the film industry, even now as a senior in college, I'm still learning every day. But something that I want to do later on in life, and like I don't have a plan most of the time for my own life because it's so, I just go with the flow yeah. and it's projects and people and you know, whatever. But something I'd really like to do down the line. Um, is take all that knowledge and take all that experience and this is my own goal and it i don't know if it's silly and like Gwen, you can you can tell Gwen to cut a bit but <laughs> i want to eventually work in education or some sort of mentorship program cut it Gwen. no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd love to work in some sort of mentorship program for either kids or teens or something. And these kids that have these awesome stories. Because I've worked, I mean, I worked with fourth graders for a long time and I've worked with kids and I've got younger siblings and all, you know, watching all their friends and kids have the coolest ideas. Yeah. And I remember being a kid and having all these ideas, but not knowing how to execute it or if it was a thing or no one else has these silly ideas like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, we talk about the next generation of filmmakers Eventually, our generation will be, you know... The oldies. The oldies, which is crazy to think. But I really... I don't know. That's, like, what fuels my love for filmmaking, too, is mm. the idea that someday I'd love to be able to teach give kids back. and mentor kids and give back and help the yeah. next generation of filmmakers. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, I have no doubt that you'll be able to do that. Um, I hope we can foster similar things through tungsten but also just i know you'll achieve that on your own reagan i'm so glad we get to release this episode <laughs> we'll see don't yeah, call it yet. yeah I, exactly <laughs> um thank you for coming on the podcast thank you for saying yes when i called you in december and pitched the idea of you working at tungsten uh it's been a lot of fun and we've achieved some great stuff and in a month we'll be filming blueberries finally so excited <laughs> everything crossed <laughs> um so yeah it's a lot of fun and i appreciate coming on the podcast um everyone thank you for watching or listening if, if you listen to the audio only version you should check out the video version on our youtube channel links to that is in the description of this episode thank you to joe our first ever studio audience for filming this <laughs> let's hear it you're great show. joe <laughs> i loved it Woo! <laughs> i'm gonna keep you with every episode <laughs> <laughs> I do this every time yeah this is this is a real <laughs> confidence booster so um new episodes come out every monday at 9 a.m june is tungsten month on the podcast uh i had an episode where i interview joe and reagan and we talk about what the hell is tungsten uh and then episode with joe off camera joe right now and quinn the <laughs> quinn, quinn the editor for the podcast uh as well so um thank you for listening be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all the stuff that really helps. And if you could, haven't said this in a while, leave us a review on iTunes. That is actually a huge help. Reagan, thank you for being here. Thanks for And we'll catch you in the next one. Let's clap us out. <laughs> Woo! That's awesome. <laughs> See ya.